Now, one thing that has helped retain a semblance of normalcy in this rather surreal world has been digital technology. If the crisis of 2020 had hit us earlier, our ability to cope and to keep the world running would have been dramatically different. And within the digital realm, cloud technologies have turned out to be that hero that, well, kept the world turning. And world's tech leaders have had the task cut out for them. Joining us on Tech Unbound today is Narsim Rao Manepalli. Nari is a leader at Infosys where he dons several hats and I'm excited to have him join us here today. Nari is the Executive Vice President, Head of Cloud and Infrastructure Solutions and Infosys Validation Solutions. Welcome aboard and thanks for plugging in. Nari, AAS is pretty much the acronym on everyone's lips right now. Companies big and small have seen 2020 as an opportunity to accelerate towards cloud technologies, to which they are only inching towards earlier. Now, amidst this, are we seeing the end of on-prem or on-premise data storage? No, I think uh, uh, what what we see is uh, definitely uh, in a pandemic situation, uh, what what we see with SaaS applications is a far greater adoption. Uh, there's absolutely no doubt about it. Uh, and and at the same time, I think it is not like some of these are you can just switch on, switch off. For a lot of enterprises, the question is how fast can they adopt SaaS? It's not so much about if SaaS is an answer. Clearly, SaaS is an answer for many of their problems, but how soon they can adopt SaaS and how soon they can implement it is the key question because uh, to begin with pre-pandemic, most enterprises were not elastic enough in terms of their infrastructure or application landscape or even business process landscape to quickly switch to a new model. That's the first point. The second point is while SaaS applications cover a lot of uh, uh, the needs of a business today, there is also additional innovation which is required tailored to specific industry segments, specific business context, which is where uh, companies like Infosys come in handy, where we come up with our own vast experience and business domain, the solutions we built over a period of time. And, and we offer solutions on top of what's available on a SaaS or a PaaS and further accelerate the uh, uh, migration or transformation to the new model. And we think that is what is working very well for, for our customers. And that is where the recently launched Cobalt offering comes in very handy for many of our customers. We think it brings a great value to our customers. Lastly, to your question about the on-premise model, is it going to uh, go away? Uh, see, definitely, I think in the short run, uh, enterprises will probably slow down investments into capital expenditure which by itself will slow down uh, the growth of the uh, on-prem model. Uh, we believe that uh, many infrastructure players are also offering uh, the benefits of a cloud in a, a private cloud environment. Uh, and I think that's going to help a lot of businesses. And, and at the same time, I think uh, enterprises will continue to have workloads, which they will probably run on-premise. Uh, for many reasons, one is, of course, legacy and the cost of legacy. Second is uh, fit to purpose. Uh, those uh, legacy investments may be helping them uh, in, in the current context. And this uh, cost of switching may be uh, disproportionate to the benefit they're going to get. Uh, for all those reasons, I think uh, uh, we continue to see that enterprises will stay invested with on-prem. There will not be a big growth of on-prem uh, infrastructure, uh, but they will not disappear overnight. They will take a long time to go away. But clearly what we see is a evolution of uh, public cloud adoption as well as a private cloud adoption. And, and what we combine it called as hybrid cloud uh, is the future for most enterprises in our mind. Right. Now, very quickly, does that also extend to the financial domain? They always tend to be a little bit more conservative. 
No, absolutely. It today extends to all domains. I think, um, uh, see, to begin with, I think, um, uh, I know where your question is coming from, if I guess it. Uh, for the most part, I think uh, financial services customers and, and industries regulated uh, for the most part, we're uh, not looking at cloud as an option for them. They're skeptical about the ability of cloud to meet their compliance and security requirements. But I think that has changed in the last two, three years. I think uh, the cloud providers, the hyperscalers have worked with the regulators uh, in various industries and the governments in various countries to make sure that today a cloud solution is a viable option meeting all the requirements for these industries. So we think financial services or insurance or healthcare is as good a, um, I, I think, uh, a candidate for adoption of PaaS and SaaS and IAS models as any other industries. Lovely. Uh, you talked about transformation a little while back, Nari, and I just wanted mm. to look a little more inferred into how Infi has been over the last couple of months. Nari, you spoke about transformation. I want to ask you something more inward looking. What changed inside Infi that an already digital company wasn't as strong or, you know, something that wasn't as evident before 2020? Are we doing something uh, something completely dramatically different from earlier? Uh, I have to think about it, uh, Ashwin. But the key question, I think what we have been very happy with what has happened in the pandemic in the last six months is, first is uh, the transformation from uh, our delivery model, which is predominantly uh, development-center-centric, office-centric, uh, where work from home was less than 10%, to today talking about 99% of people to work from home, seamless manner, delivering to all client commitments, has been an absolute delight to watch. None of us anticipated that we'll be able to uh, uh, move over so rapidly in such an efficient manner in such a short time. So that's exceeded my expectations, if you ask me. Uh, the second thing is also, I think, uh, our pace of business and our engagement to the stakeholders uh, be it customers, be it investors, be it society, be it partners, uh, that is, if at all, has only increased during the uh, pandemic and the uh, associated lockdowns. And, and we see that uh, uh, the spirit of collaboration, ability to collaborate, ability to solutionize, all of that have been maintained or, if at all, they're higher now, uh, uh, despite the restrictions on people coming together as teams. For the longest time in this industry, we have put a premium on uh, teams coming together and collaboration and face-to-face -face conversations. But the way we were able to switch to the new norm, I think, has been absolutely delightful for us. In all of this, I think uh, what has always been the top of our mind is to make sure that uh, everybody is safe, uh, be it our employees, be it our customers, be it our associates, be it our partners. And, and we're very happy that we are able to uh, go about our business in as efficient manner as before uh, without really putting anything at risk. So. Uh, during when, when the pandemic hit and lockdown started, our first priority was employee safety. And mentally, we were prepared for some business disruption. But I think now, uh, within the work we have done in the first three, four weeks, enabled us to meet the first requirement, the safety, which is about everything else. And we've combined that with actually delivering to client requirements, which I think has been amazing. And the fact that we can meet both gives a lot of satisfaction to us. Now, the key questions we're asking is, as you move into the pandemic, the key questions are, uh, how do you deliver to the required productivity levels? How do you ma maintain the SLAs? How do you make sure that you engage with employees? How do teams come together? So those are the areas we are uh, uh, putting our heads on, investing into technology, investing into people. We have been doing that. Now, what we also see, the sudden switch, if you see the first three months versus the next three months, uh, as we experience in the pandemic, 
Now people are talking about a certain fatigue with the work from home arrangement, or people are in some sense getting restless to get back to work. So we are now working with our employees, our teams, our managers to let them explain the situation out there, create avenues for people to come together virtually and take away if anybody is feeling a sense of being lonely or if the sense of frustration coming from work from home. So we are trying to engage more closely with our employees, understand uh, their well-being, and and keep employee safety and well-being on top of the agenda, and and uh, be very clear that we really don't know how soon we'll be able to get back to our offices. And till we are able to get to that place, we all have to be safe. Equally, we have to have to be in a good space in the head and and be happy. So we are focused on how best we can do that. So there are a lot of conversations with employees and the leaders and the managers to make sure we understand this. One of the things that we are always keen to hear about is what's bubbling about, and this is particularly about technologies that will soon take center stage. From where you're sitting, what's likely to be the next big thing that can unlock opportunities and possibilities inside technology? So I think fundamentally, uh, if you look at more than technology, the four areas we think businesses are today looking at. Actually, first is this whole, uh, I think, the, the, the new requirement of uh, catering to a remote workforce. Uh, I think uh, traditionally uh, the businesses have looked at, uh, when they looked at digital transformation, uh, they were first focused on customers and associates in the market, not so much employees. But what this pandemic has uh, turned around is, is now making sure that the employee experience, the digital uh, transformation for employee experience is a big part of the agenda. How do you cater to remote workforce? How do you build uh, on-demand work from office, work from home? How do you build systems and processes for them to collaborate effectively, for them to deliver effectively? All of that is a big priority. So remote workforce uh, and how do you enable them leveraging the power of technology and cloud is definitely one area we see. The second thing where we see is, this is a completely new priority which has emerged in the last six months, is about building resiliency into business models and into infrastructure, both technology and otherwise. Right. Uh, prior to the pandemic, I think most enterprises looked at cloud as a way to bring agility uh, in terms of they going to market with the newer business models, as also cost takeout and cost flexibility as the second big reason. So they were the two big reasons for adoption of cloud, and they were already in a very accelerated path. Now, during the pandemic, businesses have realized while speed is important or while cost is important, Equally, your business has to be resilient to be able to handle a pandemic of this nature, a disruption of this nature. The fault tolerance, ability to handle outages, how do you ensure business continuity? How do you respond to any threats, whether it is a digital threat or a physical threat? So how do you build resiliency into business model is a big focus area and investments are going there. The third area is obviously, I think a lot of businesses have taken a hit during the pandemic to their own uh, revenues. So there is a greater scrutiny and costs uh, and, and definitely businesses are looking at how can technology help a lower cost of running a business. The funny part is I think a lot of people would think the technology investments would come down in a situation like this. Uh, but but uh, the beauty is I think businesses today have no choice but to perforce look at technology as the lever to bring down their operational cost. And that's a great place for us to be. Equally, I think today, uh, I think uh, businesses are, look, uh, are looking at uh, the risks an organization has, uh, both business risk as well as uh, data security and, and other cybersecurity risk. 
and they're asking themselves, have I done enough to mitigate my risk? And what are the investments I need to make to make sure that I protect my business? So broadly, I would look at these three or four areas. How do you enable remote workforce? How do you build resilience into your systems? How do you lower costs? How do you lower risk? Lastly, of course, the whole I spoke about, the whole uh, business about improving employee experience. Uh, of course, improving client experience has always been top of the agenda and continu continues to be so. Uh, we've seen some dramatic shift in uh, customer behavior. Uh, if you notice a large uh, uh, retailer in the US, they've seen a huge upsurge in their uh, e-commerce uh, uh, sales last quarter. Uh, and, and that shot through the roof. So customers are continuing to come to businesses, but they're choosing a different channel. And, and to that extent, I think enabling the client experience and bringing more people onto the digital platform continues to be a focus. So, so I, this is where we are seeing the biggest investments have come. And almost all of these are underlying enabled by cloud. We have to understand, uh, in fact, uh, I was talking to a group of people uh, within Infosys and, and I was challenging them. Can you imagine uh, the world handling a pandemic uh, without access to the cloud technologies and without access to the collaboration technologies? I think we would have been much worse off in dealing with this. All of us are able to today uh, manage with a huge lockdowns and shutdowns and still function effectively for business as well as for personal reasons. It thanks to the technologies which we have at our disposal. Uh, and, and I think uh, we're very, very thankful that we are in that space. Now, AI and ML, huge talk here about all that can unlock in this domain. But on the other hand, there's also the issue about how many layoffs and how many jobs might be lost. How do you see or how do you read AI and ML progressing? See, I think first, uh, to address your first part of the question, uh, we have for the longest time believed that any new technology, it will, of course, change the way societies function. Uh, it will probably, um, uh, I think, make some of the old jobs redundant. But it has been the experience across the past so many technology changes in the society that every new technology brings new set of opportunities. So as a company, as an individual, we believe that uh, AI ML will only bring in more jobs, greater value in the society. And, and we have never believed that it is going to create any huge uh, uh, I would say, I would say surpluses in, in the talent pool. Talent is still a very precious commodity, and we think even in the AI ML era, we will need a lot of talented uh, uh, talent. Uh, and, and I think uh, that is going to continue. The adoption of AI and ML, I think that will continue to rise. Uh, I think uh, most technology trends, Ashwin, if I may, uh, there is a huge lag between when people start talking about the technology, there is something called a hype cycle it goes through. So I think uh, AI still is, while it is developing every year, while it is growing every year, uh, I think the full power of AI we probably will uh, see um, uh, probably two, three, four years from now, and not necessarily uh, uh, today, tomorrow. Uh, that, that is my rating of AI ML. Nari, to top off this chat, how are you evaluating the security landscape now? More people online means more opportunities for bad actors, right? No, no, I think uh, absolutely the right uh, topic, uh, Ashwin. I think uh, today we believe that any business transformation, especially on the cloud or any digital transformation, you have to uh, build in security from scratch, from beginning by design. For the, in the initial years, uh, I think a lot of times security was actually an afterthought. Can we put a firewall, can we put an antivirus? What can you do? Can you disable something? But, but we believe that the time has come where security has to be built in by design, grounds up into every transformation program. That's the first one. 
Second is, uh, I think we have to understand clearly uh, that the uh, the premium for security or the risks of uh, uh, for a business uh, to protect themselves are much higher today. And uh, it is coming from two sources. One is, uh, as businesses do greater, greater digital transformation, they are more and more exposed to any, uh, I would say, uh, any, any attack on their digital surface. That's the first one. Second one is, I think, uh, thanks to this remote working, while well, technology was beautiful and enabled businesses to perform, even during a pandemic of this nature, uh, what has also happened is the threat surface, as we call it, the number of places or the area where uh, an attacker can attack you through, has expanded dramatically during this pandemic. Earlier, where 10% of people are working from home, today we're talking about people working from home, 99%. And earlier, you had maybe 100 offices. Today, you're talking about 100,000 offices from where people are working. So the threat surface has increased. And also, let us remember that uh, when we talk about this threat surface, people are now connecting from homes and sometimes uh, various kinds of devices which are not as secure as what you get in an uh, office environment, in a corporate environment. So definitely, uh, the landscape itself has become much wider, less secure. At the same time, uh, the unfortunate part of the society is the people, uh, uh, there are some group of people in the society who decide to do damage in the society in a situation like this. So the number of attacks also have increased during this period, whether it is a, a phishing attack, whether it is ransomware, whether it is a, a, a dubious uh, links, all of that have increased during this period. And that result, uh, I think businesses are focused on making sure they protect uh, uh, their business uh, interest, uh, their employees, of course, their data assets, their client data, secrecy and privacy. They're making sure they do everything to control all of that. So definitely the concerns are more, but at the same time, I think businesses understand uh, this. This domain of security also has developed significantly in the last three years. Uh, from Infosys, we ourselves have invested in a big way uh, into building a cybersecurity platform. Uh, uh, we have uh, security operation centers today around the world, which monitor uh, uh, all the customers with whom we provide this offering. Uh, we, of course, take care of our assets. We also have talented people today who have the capabilities to address uh, these kind of challenges. So I think, I think even in terms of our own capability, our own ability to help our customers, we are far ahead. So while the challenges have increased, I think as a uh, technology industry and also as Infosys, I think we are uh, prepared a lot more. And we also have the right investments backing us to make sure we protect businesses. Lovely. Larry, thanks for joining us today. It's been a pleasure to have you join us on Tech and Bound. Thank you, Ashwin. It's a pleasure talking to you. That was Infi's Narsimrao Manepalli. Nari is the EVP, Head of Cloud and Infrastructure Solutions and Infosys Validation Solutions. Time for a wrap-up on this episode of Tech and Bound. And uh, we want to know what you're thinking. Drop us a line on Twitter on BI India. That's one single word, BI India. A big thank you to Business Insider's editorial teams for their support. Haley Shah for product conceptualization. Sound engineering by Gokul Abhishek. And Tech and Bound was produced and voiced by me, Ashwin Raghunath. Till the next episode, take care and stay safe.